Good afternoon. Welcome to Midday Magazine for this Wednesday, November 9th. I'm Julie Hersey with these stories. Ballots were counted into the wee hours of the morning in Alaska's midterm election. Polls closed last night at 8 o'clock around the state. Alaska has 131 hand-count precincts in rural areas, so those results take longer than machine counts in the larger communities. And absentee ballots will continue to be counted in the coming weeks. Ballots mailed from Alaskans living overseas can take up to 15 days to arrive at election offices. Additionally, because of Alaska's new ranked-choice voting system, Final results will not be known until November 23rd, and that's when the state will release the ranked numbers. Election Day results just show which candidate voters rank number one. The races for governor and the U.S. Senate and House are not settled. About 96% of precincts were reporting as of 2.30 this morning. Those early results show Alaskans favoring Republican incumbent Mike Dunleavy by a large margin at 52%. Democrat Les Guerra had 23%, and Independent and former Governor Bill Walker had 20%. Incumbent U.S. Senator Lisa Murkowski, a Republican, is slightly trailing her Republican rival, Kelly Chewbacca. As of this morning, Chewbacca had 44% of the vote, and Murkowski has 43%. It's a difference of about 3,500 votes. Democrat Pat Chesbro has about 10%, which equals about 20,000 votes. Incumbent, Democratic incumbent for the U.S. House, Mary Peltola, is leading with 47% of votes. Republican Sarah Palin had 27%, and Republican Nick Bagich had 24%. On ballot measure one, a once-a-decade referendum on whether to hold a constitutional convention appeared to be failing by a wide margin. About 70% of counted ballots showed no votes as of this morning. For Southeast Senate Seat A, which represents a geographical area covering most of Southeast, that looks to be staying in the hands of Republican Bert Stedman of Sitka. The 19-year incumbent received 68 percent of the votes with nearly all precincts reporting. Republican Mike Sheldon of Petersburg received 31 percent of the vote and Sheldon has run against Stedman several times in the past. Independent Rebecca Hemshoot of Sitka is leading in the District 2 State House race. She's running against Republican Kenny Carl Scaffelstad of Huna. District 2 covers a large geographical area representing the entire western coastline of southeast from Yakutat down to Heidelberg, including Sitka and Petersburg. The seat was formally held by Democrat Jonathan Christ Tompkins for a decade. Rachel Cassandra has more from Petersburg. As of midnight election night, Hemshoot held a strong lead with about 57% of the vote. Scaffoldstadt had 43%. Those figures were calculated with about 80% of the in-person ballots counted. Himshoot talked to KFSK on the phone on election night. She currently holds a seat on the Sitka Assembly. She says this is the first time she's run for a regional seat. So it was a huge personal challenge, of course. Um, but this seat, I think, is really important if we're, if we're going to maintain a bipartisan coalition. I think that, that bipartisan coalition is a really important um, mechanism for keeping a voice for rural Alaska. Scaffoldstad was unable to talk with KFSK on election night, but spoke with us in late October. 
This is the third time he's run for this House seat. I'm here again out of sense of uh, sense of service and duty and and uh, anxious to serve uh, new district two in the state legislature. He said his first priority would be balancing the representation of the district by listening to voices that have been unheard in the legislature. The great ideas and the thoughts and sentiments of many in, in our district have just gone completely silent because they're just not seeing any results. He listed some of those voices that he says tend to be left out. Everyday family folks, uh, business owners, struggling uh, fishermen and entrepreneurs. Himshoot says her top two priorities if she wins the election will be the ferry system and education. She says that some funds directed at state infrastructure could be used for the ferry system, but the money should be spent carefully. We have this history of having made vessels that didn't work, and so we need to be careful that whatever we create is something that's sustainable. Um, and one way to do that would be potentially to make a board that governs the ferries, similar to what the railroad has, and that board would be a layer between the revolving door of our governor between the governor and the ferries. In terms of education, Himshoot says budget transparency is vital. One of the struggles that every district has every year is they don't know how much money they have as they build their own budget. She also says that the mental health of students has declined during COVID. Our counselors used to prioritize the kids going through a divorce because a divorce is hard on everybody in a family. Since COVID, the kids going through a divorce are like the lowest on the list. And the kids with much greater and much more severe mental health needs are much higher on the list. Himshoot was in an assembly meeting on election night. But afterwards, she spent time with a small group of people watching election results. Obviously, I'm exhausted, but I'm also really excited. This is, you know, this is what it's all been for. This is the day we've been waiting for. Again, Himshoot is a Sitka independent leading in the state house for District 2. She's running against Republican Kenny Carl Scoffelstad of Huna. In Petersburg, I'm Rachel Cassandra. Petersburg voters filed in and out of the community center yesterday for the midterm elections. 861 people voted in person and were waiting on an unknown number of absentee ballots and about 400 early voting ballots. Official election results will take a couple of weeks. Rachel Cassandra caught up with voters in the parking lot next to the basketball court outside of Petersburg's polling place. It was a cold, clear winter evening, about 26 degrees in downtown Petersburg. Many voters were too chilly to stop, but I spoke with a few people. All were Petersburg residents, and a couple of people were new to the area. Just tell me your first and last name. Veronica Carter. Okay, and tell me why you came in today to vote. Because it's exciting to vote, and it's my honor to vote, and um, it's my right to vote. I am new here in Alaska, so I've tried to study the different people that are... Uh, running, but um, I have my values, my Christian values, and I stay with those. So um, you have to vote your conscience. Voters talked about issues on their minds this year. Can you tell me your full name? Um, Ted Hasbrook. And anything uh, you're particularly thinking about this election? Not really, just hopefully the gas prices and stuff will come down, but I don't know how that's going to work out. You know, maybe some of the people I voted for might help that situation. 
Hi, I'm Danielle Susan McPhee. Is there anything you're particularly thinking about this election? Yeah, abortion rights for sure was something I, I was focusing on for the candidates, yeah. Can I get your um, full name? Dawson Colson. Uh, one thing that was interesting was the, uh, uh, what was it, the question about the Constitutional Convention? I went ahead and voted yes on that because I thought every generation should have a chance at, uh, you know, making alterations and changes to the Constitution, you know, living Constitution sort of deal. A few parents brought their kids along to vote. I caught up with one father and daughter. My name is Rex Hess. Yeah, why'd you come out today? I believe voting is important, and I wanted to show my little one that that's what we do and how to do it. Her name is Thora Marie Hess. Do you want to talk to her? My name is Thora Marie Hess, and I came with my dad to vote because I think voting is important to me. What have you learned about voting? I have learned that it is not just for the president, but it is for different things. So do you think that when you are 18, you're going to vote? Yes. I did a sample vote. Oh, you filled out you filled out a practice vote. Well, I tried to. I didn't I get didn't get the whole thing filled in. And I don't know if it's important to the stuffies, but I don't I don't know if it is or not, but I think it might be to the, to the stuffies, like the stuffy animals. Yeah. I don't know either if voting is important to stuffed animals, but we do know that human voter turnout in Petersburg was high this year. And Alaska will get news of official election results in a couple of weeks. In Petersburg, I'm Rachel Cassandra. Yesterday, Alaskans all over the state cast their ballots for state and federal elected officials, and Eric Stone spoke with some voters and candidates in Ketchikan before the polls closed last night. It might be a red wave, or it might not. To state the obvious, it's hard to get a full picture of how voters are feeling from interviews outside polling places, at gas stations, and on street corners. And it's especially ineffective at gauging public opinion when early and male voting are more popular than ever. But even so, KRBD thought it might be interesting to hear from a few voters. And most of the folks I spoke with said they were looking for a change after two years of mostly Democratic control at the federal level. At a precinct south of downtown Ketchikan, Bill Smart said economics drove him him to pick Republican candidates. Inflation is the biggest thing, and the Biden administration is a bunch of dingling, so if we don't get rid of them, we'll wish we did. I don't know. If you got too much cash, vote Democrat. But there's one thing he didn't vote to change, the Alaska Constitution. Uh, I believe it like it is. I don't trust anybody right now. Outside the Plaza Mall, Amado Monticello told me he was voting for candidates that matched his conservative values. He said he'd voted for Republican Lisa Murkowski many times before. But just for this year, I don't vote for him. I don't vote for her anymore. Yeah, I, I got a Kaylee for, for, that, for that position. Monticello said he didn't trust Murkowski to vote for conservative causes. I think those, those politicians like that, they're hiding themselves. They have to show themselves who, who, they, who they really are. They could not just say, I'm a conservative, I'm a Democrat, but actually and I am an independent just to get the, the, the votes of the people. But you, you have to be upfront of who you really are. At a nearby gas station, Tyler Mortensen told me inflation and the economy were his top issues. I ranked the red. Yeah, I, I voted Republican down the line. 
He said he ranked Republican Nick Begich first in the U.S. House race. He said he was a fan of fellow GOP candidate Sarah Palin up until she resigned as governor in 2009. I just found it, found it a, little, a little fishy, you know, a little snaky to come in at the last moment after Don Young passed away to come back. But even so, he said he ranked Palin second. Between Palin and Peltola, I'd have to go with Palin. Um, so I'd have to suck it up a little bit. He stuck with Republicans down the ballot. Though he said Dan Ortez had a fairly good record as Ketchikan's state House rep, Mortensen said he voted for Republican Jeremy Bynum. You know, I'll be honest, I don't know too much about the man, but um, in this wave, election of change, I'm hoping that new representative, no voices. Um, he seems like a pretty qualified candidate. And um, what I've saw, what I heard from him on the local debates on the radio, I was pretty impressed. Kimberly Davilbis was out waving signs for Lisa Murkowski. She was an intern for Murkowski right out of high school, and she said the senator is a role model. We all sat down and she said, you know, if you sit in a room with someone else and you agree with everything that they say, one of you is lying. <laughs> and so I, that was kind of an eye-opener for me. It's kind of guided my dealings with people and in politics. In other races, she said she supported Republican Governor Mike Dunleavy's re-election campaign and ranked Begich first in the U.S. House race. I voted for Nick, but um, I think Mary Peltola would do a, do a good job, too. So. Devilbus said she did not rank Palin. State House candidates Ortez and Bynum spent most of the day at Ketchikan's traditional sign-waving corner at Tongas and Jefferson. Ortez says he's optimistic. He says he's been waving signs off and on since 7 a.m. Just get out and vote. Encourage everybody to get out and vote and exercise their rights. And, um, yeah, the bigger turnout, I think that's that's good for everybody. Let's put it that way. For his part, Bynum says he is not nervous. He says he did over 34 miles of door knocking in the four months or so of the campaign. You put the work in and you just see what happens. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. It's just like studying for an exam. You put a lot of hard work in, you expect to get good grades, right? We put a lot of hard work in. Now all that's left is waiting to find out what grade the voters doled out. Polls are open across the state until 8 p.m. Reporting in Ketchikan, I'm Eric Stone. Hoping to have some Petersburg-specific results for you tomorrow. And that takes care of the news portion of Midday Magazine for this Wednesday, November 9th.